Everybody knows about the bird. Like a bird on a wire. Like a drunk in a midnight choir. I have tried in my way to be brave. Like a worm on a hook. Like a knot from some old fashioned book. I have saved all my ribbons. Hello and welcome to the Quarter to Three podcast. I'm Jason McMaster and in honor of THQ. Uh, selling off all of their properties this week, with a couple of sad exceptions, uh, we have decided to pick our uh, property that we would most like to save from the game list on Wikipedia of TH. And I have the honor of saying I want to save It's Mr. Pants which was published by THQ and developed by Rare. Uh, It came out on the Game Boy Advance mobile phones and was cancelled for the Gizmondo. Uh, and with me this week, we have Josh. Hello, everyone. I'm Josh Beister from GameWisdom.com. And the property from THQ that I would like to save is Rugrats All Grown Up, Older and Bolder, which is the most disturbing subtitle I could think of for a Rugrats game. Older and Bolder. I mean, that's what, you know. Hey, I mean, It's, it's Mr. Pants had the subtitle, what was it, uh, Pants Snake? Or the original, whoever's originally named Pants Snake, as uh, you pointed out, uh, and that's pretty horrifying. I think they'll probably be a better sell Pants Snake. I'd buy that game. <laughs> With us as well as Ken Ohm. Uh He is from Smug Bee Games and from Game Wisdom. And uh, Ken, what would you say? Well, actually, my choice would probably be um, Homefront. I'd like to discuss that game from THQ, because that's a very polarizing game for sure. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, and... Uh, Crisis uh, or Crytek purchased that today. So. What? What? Uh, wow. Yeah, that was part of the deal. Was Crytek got home the Homefront license uh, because they were owed a couple of million bucks by THQ already, and they got the Homefront license for like five hundred grand. Mm. Uh, and I think they were already developing a sequel to Homefront anyway, so they were probably pretty interested in keeping that going instead of just having to throw away all that work. Uh, mm. So yeah, Crytek bought that. Um, uh, my favorite thing uh, that happened today was Ubisoft bought the South Park uh, property, which is good because if any company was going to buy it, thank God it was somebody like Ubisoft. And, mm-hmm. It's definitely their year. They've been producing a lot of stellar games. So and, yeah, well, I mean EA has been just like falling down the cliff. Yeah. What was according to the news piece? They also purchased THQ Montreal. What did they do actually? I don't know. Uh, I actually do not know. One of the few, th- one of the the bummer though is like uh, Dark's Vigil did not get purchased. Yeah. So those are the Darksiders people, which is kind of kind of sucks. If you're a fan of Darksiders, you may not be seeing more of it. Yeah, uh, uh, Vigil was all laid off today, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that, that's really a shame. The Darksiders, I mean, for what's worth, they did try to do like a new property which in this morgue is definitely risky in itself. And I thought the first one was really good. Second one eh, came out just being, like, average at best. But I really want to see how they're going to take the story over, you know, how many games in the series. Yeah. You know, I, I think THQ Montreal was, uh, they I believe they had the rights to South Park. Okay. Uh, so that might that might have something to do with it. Um, 
But yes, uh, I agree. You know, and it's a shame that the dark, you know, the Dark series came out. It met some critical uh, acclaim and uh, and did pretty well, but uh, you know, just kind of ended up not being picked up in the end. Uh, Sega picked up Relic, which means Company of Heroes, and uh, the Warhammer kind of license is going to Sega, which, depending on your views of the Total War series, can be good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, it's a different studio, and hopefully Sega will respect the way they do things, because Relic is actually a pretty uh, respected studio, and uh, one that uh, has quite a few good games under their belt. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sega themselves are kind of hit and miss. They, they do some interesting... They publish some interesting games, and um, but they've, <coughs> they have they don't do very good on their own properties, like Sonic. It's, well, no, Sonic really, is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they don't really respect their own properties, but they respect other people's at least when they pick them up. So, yeah, I mean, and Sega's done a few cool things. Like, I love Valkyria Chronicles, um, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, it's just a shame that they they haven't decided to want to port. I think the third one over to the U.S. due to I think poor sales of the PSP sequel. Well, right, but it's kind of like you go PS3 original game, PSP sequel is kind of a, a weird jump to make. Uh, it's a shame they didn't just go for the 360. I think that game would have done pretty well on the 360, or, or as a download of some sort. Well, we kind of have XCOM tickle our fancy there, so. Well, there is that. Uh, there's always that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that uh, that actually is my news of the week. So we're starting off pretty fast there. But uh, to take a moment, uh, let's. Uh, everybody knows Josh. Uh, we're we're sick of Josh right now. So Josh is just yeah. all over the place. Poor Josh. But uh, uh, but not many people know Ken Ohm. So we're going to talk to him for a minute. Uh, so Ken, can you tell us about Smug B and what you guys are doing right now? All right. Well, uh, Smug B Games is a local developer here in Philadelphia. Uh, we produce mobile games and you know, various web applications. Uh, we released one puzzle multiplayer puzzle game called Skyline, and we're releasing a couple more in the next few months. One's called Skywriting, which is a game where you play like a professor who created this cloud machine, and you have to protect his cloud from his arch nemesis, Professor Peppers, from multiple missiles and lasers. I hate that guy, man. I know. I, he's such an ass. Professor Peppers, uh, he owes me money. Uh. Well, yeah, the, well, the goal is to protect Professor Bellbottom and his various grad students. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting game. And uh, we also have two other games on Horizon, too. One's uh, like a cute RTS game called Pocket Battalions, and we have another game called, uh, well, it's codenamed Space Yeti. So, well, <laughs> How can you not like something codenamed Space Yeti? Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, yeah, so we have some interesting things coming on in the horizons. I am also, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an artist with the company too. I didn't initially specify that. And um, also, I am the site designer for Game Wisdom too, which is my affiliation with Josh. Yeah, and we're trying to, you know, help grow the site and maybe even work on a prototype or two together. There you go. Yeah, you got to get that. Get that, uh, like it's Mr. Pants follow up. Yeah. Well, maybe we can or, buy that IP. Right. Well, then why we'll, not? I'll be, we'll, I'll be rolling in the dough then, or in the pants. Right. <laughs> the pants I don't know. Though. Rare might fight us for it. You know, I'm sure they're pretty excited. 
Mm-hmm. Mm, the chance to get their hands on that sweet, sweet it's Mr. Pants uh, dough. Uh, so, maybe maybe it's the hidden gem that's going to revive them into credibility. Yeah, if this was like an '80s movie and uh, the courts were the bad guys and THQ uh, thought it was all lost, they could depend on it's Mr. Pants <laughs> and a montage to get them back together. Yeah, and they just hold the game up above their head. This <laughs> yeah, don't say don't say anything. Well, of course, I mean, why would you? Yeah, I think it's just a, it's a classic statement. Yeah. And um, you're the best at playing the background at the same time. Well, yeah. Come on, we're not jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about uh, Pocket Battalion? So it's is it an RTS? Uh, yeah, well, we're actually maybe changing up the system, but uh, what happens is you have it's kind of like a mix between Advanced Wars and um, Tower Defense together. So when uh, we have actually, actually a few uh, prototype videos of it actually working, and some really rough prototypes also in the works. But right now we are putting it on the back burner to finish up Space Yeti. Well, you know, I mean, you, you can't keep Space Yeti down. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I think that I think when we put those names together, we're like, all right, we got it. Let's, let's rock with this one. Yeah, that's all. And, I mean. uh, we're using uh, some new techniques and stuff, and trying to. Uh, just broadening our uh, our palette of games. Awesome. Oh well, yeah, and good luck. You know, it's a uh, it's pretty cool time for development, and uh, specifically for mobile devices and for the iPhone and iPad. Yeah, as I said before, in, uh, in the Game Wizard podcast, you should uh, buy back the Pong the Pong license from Atari because they're bankrupt too. Yes. And uh, yeah, we. Uh, just so, because you guys don't know about it, we uh, actually entered a competition for Atari. There was a uh, Pong competition to make like some sort of original game using the, the Pong name. Or so we created a game where you draw your own paddles. And we called it Pong Slice, and we actually got into the finals, top ten, with another local developer, uh, Island Officials, and you know we got we got cut out right at the finals, but we oh. got we got pretty close. So I, I really wonder what happened in that competition, and did they actually pay out everybody, or who actually won? I don't even know. So interesting. Oh yeah, that's uh, and the videos uh, that we saw of the uh, pong slice is pretty cool. I like the you draw your paddle in place and it bounces off of that, right? That's and really yes. Cool. Yeah, there's also a lot of different modes you create too and everything. We just just they just didn't see the vision. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right though. That's why they're uh, chapter eleven. Because they're well, forced that, to not have vision. That, you know, that's that's that was our reasoning. That's what we that's what we foresaw. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're making a mistake. <laughs> no, you are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, so that's Keno. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I think that I can summarize in like a few paragraphs. Yeah, that's <laughs> mostly quiet, harmless. It's kept to himself. Uh, you know, but you're, no, making, that, you're, making, you're making me sound like a killer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got to himself, talked to no one, shot guns. Yeah, just all the time, dry quick yeah. revolvers in everybody's faces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he pistol whips me, you know, while I'm, while I'm late on my blog posts. Oh no, uh, I mean no doubt. Mm-hmm. I just yell at you for long titles. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. Uh... Stop using. No, no, you have to be catchy. You have to 
to get in there. You can't you can't just uh, can't make people read a paragraph. It can't be, but you also can't be crazy abstract either. You need to still describe what your post is about. That's true too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So anyway, THQ is my news of the week. Uh, what have you got for us, Ken? All right. Well, let's talk about Dead Space Three and uh, the interesting choices that EA has been making with Dead Space 3. So, the first thing that everyone was up in arms about was it going co-op. Because again, right. like, when you bring in another player, that kind of defeats survival <laughs> hard. Right, yeah. just, just, it's just a buddy system then. Because like, let's say you're in it, like, the scariest game ever. Great atmosphere. You're just like walking in the darkness. You, you, like Things just like, any sort of sound just makes you like, jump. And suddenly your friend just runs out there screaming on his mic, spinning in circles. Breaks all atmosphere. So yeah. I'm just, yeah. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, so that inclusion is already bad enough. But the the character type that they picked was even worse. It was like it's like a running gun military type who just calls you a pussy and says he owes you a beer after this is all over kind of guy. You know that kind of stereotype. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, I know. So you have this you know adrenaline charged space marine next to this engineer supporting him, which is pretty insane. So that another another break again to make it more action oriented. So it's like Avatar. It's got the the, the space marine. It's mm. pretty sweet. Yeah, and I was reading there's a preview about it on the Escapist earlier where they talk about how difficult it was to do drop in, drop out co op. And the whole time reading I was like, okay, so why did you do it in the first place to a horror title? Of course it's going to be difficult. You're trying to add co-op to horror. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it would be weird because, like, you think about it, talk about dropping in. Does that mean that I, – I think that you can play alone, right, without without your co-op partner. Is that true or is that – Yeah, you can play as um, single player or co-op, but someone can, you know, pop in and out at any time. I'm so sure they, you maybe, can turn that off, though. I'm sure you can make it, like – private games, no invite, that kind of thing. Because that would be horrible. It's like, okay, you're like in a tense moment, and suddenly some other guy just pops in, calls you a noob, and just starts attacking the boss. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That would suck. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so there's more. So that's one tally against it. Mm-hmm. And then the next the next tally would be probably that, just recently they said there were going to be microtrans in the game also, so you can buy your weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. They're just, um, they're just adding it on. And obviously, it's going to use Origin. And no one yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's excited about that. Yeah. We all love yeah. Origin over here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and also, well, I was reading, if you play the Dead Space 2, what was annoying about that was that they forced the DLC onto this in-game store that way. So when you start playing the game, you're given like all like the top guns for free, and that just broke the immersion factor of the game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could just pretty much rip everything off of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, they also uh, they're also porting it to the PC, but with this, it can be a direct console port with mm-hmm. all with nothing else changed about it. So no high resolution, no DX11 support, nothing else like that. So nothing fancy goes into it. It's just you know a cheap port, rough, probably going to be horribly optimized. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean that's that sucks. I, I'm uh, I, I'm kind of upset about that because I've been playing so much stuff on my PC. Like uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted looks great on the PC, so it's a 
shame. They're not going to do anything extra. Well, I'm just saying, like, right there, it's just all these slaps. Like, I'm just wondering, like, are they trying to drive this IP completely in the ground? Because they also set extreme high expectations from it, too. Because according to Josh, uh, he said that, you know, they for it to be successful, it needs to sell 15 million no, copies of it. No, it 6 million, I think. That's what I said in a while ago. Unless they uh, changed that number. Uh, well, 6 million. 15 million would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> 6 million is still pretty tough. For it. For, yeah, for uh, for Dead Space, I think it is. I mean, they've just put a lot of money into it. It looks a lot more like uh, it looks a lot more like Lost Planet now than it does Dead Space. Because looking at that demo and watching the videos, it just especially in the beginning up levels where you're just like in the open sun with like the snow, like it it's a complete change from like the corridors and like the um, claustrophobic feel. Of that, yeah. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, the second you add in another person that can speak to you and can possibly resurrect you or bring you back or whatever, then you you take away the like the keystone of that horror for mm-hmm. Dead Space. The, the whole the horror for Dead Space is the claustrophobia. It's the it's the oh well okay here's someone to talk to and then they get killed immediately and you're just you're listening to your breathing. As you walk through, like you know, little, like depressurized corridors, yeah, and it's it's scary. And then if you have like some dude shouting in your ear the whole time, it, it is certainly going to lose that feeling. And uh, you know, I love Lost Planet. I'm a big fan of those games, uh, but uh, uh, we already have that. So yeah, and I still think that we can do co-op in a horror setting correctly, but sure. not with the Dead Space license, not with what they're well, trying to add more action to it. Well, sure. I mean, you can go, like, all sorts of ways with horror, but that specifically is is totally the whole, like, alien thing. You know? well, yeah, that, it, yeah that's, that's the uniqueness of the property. You know, it's horror right. space. You don't right. – it wasn't really a touch genre. Right. It genre. And then, uh, you know, of course you can do, like, horror with great, uh, you know, with multiplayer. I mean, Left 4 Dead. Look at um, some of the, uh, like, uh, Killing Floor. Big fan. I really like Killing Floor, that kind of thing. You know, you just have to kind of switch up your whole motif, and it just doesn't make sense for Dead Space. Well, you know, actually, even though I love Left 4 Dead a lot, Left 4 Dead 2 still, I still hate the parish. Because, like, like I feel oh, like yeah. the first maps really had, like, a lot of atmosphere, it was like you know, it was really in tune with like um, 80s slashers and stuff like that. It had just it just had all these great motifs and references. While the parish, I just feel like they like missed the point oh in the uh, in Left 4 Dead 2 in terms of the environments. So that's just, that's me. But I feel like Left 4 Dead 1 and Left 4 Dead 2 are completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, they were like two different teams, I think. Well, yeah, Left 4 Dead 1 was initially a mod off of the Source engine, and it was purchased by Valve after it had been uh, in development. Then, yeah, Left 4 Dead 2 was developed by Valve, so I'm sure it was some of the people that worked on it initially, but it was a whole different team. It was a much higher production quality, too. So I think they would have just benefited from, you know, just adding the new affected to Left 4 Dead 1, <laughs> Mission Accomplished. I mean, no one would pay for that, but I'm thinking, like, that's what they should have actually just done. Because that's, well, yeah. that's, that's the biggest take from the whole thing, is the new infected. Well, yeah, I mean, they're kind of, well, that, I really like the melee weapons. And, and I was about to say, like, in melee, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that just makes a huge difference. Uh, 
But, it, yeah, no, I mean, and I think they're kind of doing that in a way via Left 4 Dead too. you know? They're putting all of the original maps in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now, nowadays there's no reason at all to put Left 4 Dead 1. Oh, you have Left 4 no. Dead 2, because you have all the maps and the characters, too. So there is no point. Well, there's, I mean, God, I guess there's a couple of the survival modes or something like that, maybe. Yeah, survival, and I think some of the, they don't have, in the original Left 4 Dead, you don't have, like, the new tier two weapons, you know, like the automatic sniper rifle, stuff like that. Right, right. I mean, Left 4 Dead 2 is a better product, uh, but I understand what you're saying about, like, the level design. Uh, there is something about about yeah, Left 4 Dead's level design that really does capture. So you can't you can't deny um, the No Mercy campaign. This, uh, no, well, everyone, yeah. everyone everyone knows it. Well, sure, it had <laughs> such a big impact. You know, such a. I remember when the game first came out, I would just play the first two rounds of No Mercy continuously, and I just and that was enough for me. It was just such <laughs> yeah. an interesting experience. I really love living um, that multiplayer. Oh yeah. Start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Dead Space kind of uh, kind of not looking that great for a lot of people. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uproar about it, I guess, from the community. And six million, I mean, is an attainable goal, but I don't. Well, we'll see what happens with the when the EA uh, you know, commercial like juggernaut rolls out. We'll see. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you know, so they could they, they could have renamed it something entirely. Yeah, Ice, sure. planet, Ice Planet Space Marine. Sure. Done. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Catch Line could be It's Cold Outside. In Space. <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, Dead Space 3, not really looking that great. Um, so, moving on to Josh. What do you have for us this week? All right. My news is regarding League of Legends. What Riot has been doing is they've been trying to downplay a lot of, you know, how horrible the community is. Right. Which for anyone who's, like, played it, like, high-level player, even just trying starting the game out, you can be yelled at within seconds of starting it up. And they're, they've been trying to do this for years now. They had first this tribunal system where you could vote. I think people could like vote on like specific issues. Like if someone got reported for trolling or throwing the game and you could ban people that way. And so their latest thing is they're trying positive reinforcement to convince people to be, have, to be better, better sportsmen. So their trick is that now every time you finish a match, you can reward people for good behavior. <laughs> Sounds like giving them like a treat right there. And if you get enough, awesome. enough points or whatever they're going to call it, they'll give you like either like in-game badges or special character skins and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Well, that, that could help because it, it is known for being one of the most like vicious communities out there. It's because. Because, you know, it based on, because if you lose, and if you're bad and you're the cause of a loss, their ranks goes down also, not just yours. So everyone well, receives a penalty, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reasons, I think, when it comes down to it. I, I think it's also due to the matches taking as long as they do mm-hmm. uh, a lot of time. So if you're spending, like, 30 minutes to an hour playing something and someone's just a jackass and you lose the game, you, you just feel kind of, like, ripped off. 
So that that probably doesn't help. Uh, and you know, it's an older community because a lot of the people came from Dota, and Dota has a pretty rough community as well. But uh, I think you know the tribunal, and uh, it's interesting about positive reinforcement. But the tribunal uh, has done some good for it, and hopefully, hopefully, the positive reinforcement will too. It could do nothing but good to have a better community associated with League of Legends. Well, yeah. I promise, I promise to actually try it out because again, all these rumors and things and news that I keep hearing makes me not want to play it. It feels like it's just. Every time they, they make it sound scary, it just creates a bigger barrier to entry for me. Well, it yeah. does for a lot of people, and I, I think that's one of the things that they're having a, a hard time with, yeah. is that, you know, but it, it, it's like people, you know, think, oh, well, maybe it's being overblown, but no, it's a very, very angry community sometimes. Now, I will say that you can play against bots, you can do co-op versus AI and stuff like that, and that's a much more laid-back you know, way to play, and it's a good way to learn. You're only going to re- I won't say only, but you most of the time see, like, the really, like, jerk behavior uh, in, like, ratings matches. Yeah. So, or, you know, I mean, some of the other, like, sparring matches, too, I guess, but that's usually just people bored being jackasses. Uh, you don't get the ragers unless you're playing for points, usually. Yeah, when I played with some of the guys from four to three once, they actually got into like basically a screaming match over the over eventual because we were losing. And I, like all the time I'm just sitting there quiet, like no, I'm not gonna say anything. They're just like screaming every time someone died or because someone fed the other team. Yeah. It gets a little serious sometimes. Uh I've I never... think it, I think it'd been awesome to see uh Josh as an arbiter in that situation. He'd be like, Hey guys, uh, stop this <laughs> No, it gets kind of, uh, yeah, it certainly gets heated. Um, but, uh, League of Legends is a game I really love. Uh, I've, I've played most of the other League or Dota and MOBA clone or MOBA like games, uh, Dota clones, and uh, League of Legends is the one I still, I still like the most. It's the one I. I keep yeah. going back to, um, even compared to Dota 2. Just uh, there's certain things about League of Legends that I think make it a better design designed game. Um, yeah. And Blizzard is very, or not Blizzard, but Valve is very, uh, very particular about trying to stick to the original Dota formula. And yeah. League of Legends was uh, designed to take the strengths of Dota, at least in my opinion, without a lot of the weaknesses that were built into the Blizzard engine at the time, uh, like denying and stuff like that. As I don't yeah. really think denying was an intentional concept uh, initially, and it's actually just a lot more busy work. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, to me, I, just, I like League of Legends, and people will talk about the graphics, but personally I would rather... Have a game be colorful and easy to tell the characters apart from the scenery. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that is that what they're complaining about? Stylistic choices? Yeah, a lot of times people get a lot. Of, yeah, League of Legends has gotten a lot of comments about that for being too cartoony or too bright hey. or whatever. But it increases performance too. Hey, <laughs> low polish. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and the thing and the thing about it is that it comes down to playability as well, in my opinion, where it comes from. 
the ability to differentiate the characters' powers because they are colorful uh, yeah. from the scenery uh, it, because it's a bit more muted. Whereas in Dota uh, 2, it, which is a very attractive game, uh, and it's uh, well-designed, uh, and I've played a good bit of it, I just, I don't know, it just doesn't hold me as much, but in Dota 2, the backgrounds and the characters, are they're, they're very neutral colors. They're very, uh, they're very much the the grays and greens and brown palette of like of a, it's more of a heroes of new earth kind of look than uh you know than league of legends and it just it's for me it's harder to tell what the hell's going on when a yeah. fight breaks out and in like a game like this it's crazy because every character has different spells different abilities so uh-huh. for one character you want to you know stay as close in as possible another one got to keep as far away and of course, if you mess up, you know one step out of correct position, you're basically dead. Oh yeah, you can be. Uh, things can change very quickly, and, and that's another kind of a design thing between the two games. But uh, that's another discussion. Um, um, but yeah, uh, League of Legends. Hey, I hope uh, I hope those guys. Uh, Riot's done really good. They've kind of set the bar for. Uh, microtransactions and just yeah. yeah in my opinion yeah. and they did it right you know I mean them, them and Guild Wars 2 they made it stuff that's uh, yeah. desirable but not necessary you know <laughs> not the, not game impeding and I, that does a lot of good uh, for your uh, community the way they feel about your company if they feel you're you know taking their money for something and actually improving the game instead of just uh, charging you money for boost to make you slightly better than everyone else. I think it was smart of them to allow you to buy champions either through in-game points or through um, actual money, especially with right. the fact that they add new champions. I think, what is it, like a weekly schedule still as a new um, champion? I think it's either bi-weekly or monthly. I can't remember. Um, but it's it's yeah two every two or three weeks it's something ridiculous like that. Okay, so how much how much does it cost relatively to get a new character without having to pay money? Well, like uh, a lot of matches or you know it depends. Like what they'll do is as the characters age uh, and as they uh, introduce new characters, they they a lot of times will drop the price of older characters. Uh, the more uh, cornerstone kind of characters. Like, from the original set, like, I think Ash is really cheap, and there's a bunch of, like, really cheap characters you can get that you can get after, like, a handful of matches, if you mm-hmm. do okay. And, uh, and really, the, I think the best thing they did, though, speaking of that, is that Riot Points can be used to purchase characters and character skins and stuff like that, but they cannot be used purchase gems or, or runes for the rune pages. Yeah, the rune, like, that's there. They have two big metagame systems in the Legends. Right. The talent page, you have, like, three talent trees, like, in a Diablo game, that as you reach the level cap, I think it's three, you okay. add points to the skills, and they give you, like, very small bonuses, like maybe right. 1.2% movement speed and stuff like that. But they generally tend to add up, and each tree has like you know like a really powerful buff at the bottom. Right. And then the rune page is essentially you attach runes to your character through these pages. Like they come in all different varieties. Uh, there's some that are very powerful, but they cost like the most amount of. I don't remember like 
their like term for like their experience points in the game? Was it like oh, something? it's it's IP, and I don't remember what the I stands for. Yeah, and so you can attach the rooms to the page, and they add pretty decent buffs. And I think that's like a right. pretty big deal for when you get to the end game or when you start playing ranked matches or the game competitively. Well, right, because basically the the runes uh, you can purchase, they affect everything from how much mana you have, how much hit points you have, how quick you, re- you regenerate, how quickly you attack, you know, that kind of thing, critical damage. So depending on the character and what, what role they play, you'll want to use a different rune page. And uh, once you hit level 30, you have access to the level 3 runes. Uh, and you can only purchase those with your game experience, and you can't buy those. And I think that's probably one of the smartest things they did. Yeah. Now, you can buy boosters to your IP using... Sure. sure. But yeah, exp- experience boosters, yeah, for like a day or three days, you get like a little bit more. Yeah, I think like they also made like your first battle for that day, you receive bonus IP, which yeah. is a really smart tactic to get to at least play one game a day. Yeah. Another that for like two years, I played one <laughs> game a day just because of that. Another thing that I like is like going back to how they have the different price pricing for the champions. They also have sales. They usually have like a sale like once a month or every so often, but they'll lower the price on either uh, character skins or just flat out on the champions themselves. I think yeah. that's a great way to stimulate people to spend more money. And I think really well, there's one of the smartest things they do to make people spend money is they also give away a or not give away but they unlock a rotation of champions every week. Mm-hmm. And if yeah, you get to play with them free for that week, and then uh, after that week they go back to locked or whatever. But it gives people a chance to try out all the different characters, and uh, gives them a good rotation of old characters to keep in with the new characters for people's yeah. experience. I- Remember, really, they have some kind of system that they have to decide which champions I'll have each week. Like, they break it down, I think, by the role of the character, you know, tanker, jungler, or whatever, and then they also break it down by complexity. Like, they also, with the pricing, they price a lot of the more complex characters higher up than the easier-to-play ones. Right. Because they don't want a new guy to spend, you know, to unlock these really hard ones first and, you know, just get completely overwhelmed. But then, of course, when it's free, you can then try them out, and then, you know, if you like it, hey, you can then spend the extra money on that guy. Right. And it's just a really smart system, and uh, they've uh, yeah, they, they've just really got it figured out. Um, so, I mean, yeah, good for them. I hope that system works, because, man, if they could clean up that community to something reasonable, I think that game would do just even that much better. Yeah. Didn't they, like recently banned, like, several of their pro players from the game. Yeah, yeah that, that, that happens on occasion, because those guys, total jackass, some of them, at least, total jackasses. I remember, like, I was never up there, like, super great, but I played the game for a really long time, and you play with, like, a lot of people that way. I've played with people from Riot um, a bunch of times, I mean, obviously, because I've cover League of Legends, that's not really that cool to say, but I played with some of the other uh, I played with some of the other pro players early on, and yeah, most of them are pretty nice, but there's like yeah, a couple of them that are currently up there that are pretty big jackasses. So. Mm-hmm. And you could probably say the same thing about some like the StarCraft 2 players as well. Oh like, yeah, well. That. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. It's hard to hard to compare the two. I guess the response would probably be, uh, it's hard being king. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, king of the jerks. But yeah, so, <clears throat> all right, well, there's your news for the week. Um, let's move on to some games. Um, Josh, what do you have as your game of the week? Hmm. Oh, man, uh, it was originally going to be Nino Cooney that came out the other day. But like many of the people who ordered through Namco's site, we got screwed on pre-orders. So I had to reorder the game after like calling back like three times. So now my copy is somewhere right now. Hopefully I'll get it next week. (laughs) That's awful. Yeah. Uh, So I guess the game that I want to talk about, I guess uh, Defense Grid. They just released a new DLC for it. Oh, that's cool. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. Defense Square, I think it's like one of like the most successful tower defense games. Like the one I think it's the most recognizable. Uh, yeah, they think that uh, Field Runners for iPad people mm-hmm. or iPhone people, but yeah, Field Runners is so old now. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's been talk about how they were trying to get funding for Defense Grid Two, and yeah, they did do a Kickstarter for it. Looks like last year. That it succeeded, but I think they're still trying to actually make it. They're hoping that the sales from this DLC will hopefully put them over the top for it. Oh, well, that would suck if they can't. I mean, <laughs> I could deliver a Kickstarter, and that'd be uh, pretty rough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's so great about Defense Grid was that they really did a lot with adding more maps to it, which for anyone who's played tower defense games, maps are just very important both in terms of design and content because your whole strategy is dictated by the flow of the map, where they enter and exit from. Right. Um, Ken, have you played the Defense Grid at all? Uh, no, I've only seen it. <laughs> oh. That's uh, that's good. And they had the cool um, GLaDOS uh, stuff mm-hmm. for it and everything, too. No, I'll definitely give it a shot later. Uh, I want you to try it myself. I always see it on sale, but I never actually pick it up. But you know, I'll definitely will uh, give it a shot. And this new DLC sounds pretty interesting. Reading up on it, so yeah, they've had a lot of DLC. I when I was looking at the game in my Steam list earlier, I thought I would have to buy any more of them on sale. It turns out I bought them all without realizing it again. Don't you don't you love that? Yeah, just, I the do that. Day, just the other day, I found out I had all the King's Bounty games. I'm like, whoa! How did that happen? I must have been one of those uh, Steam sale like hazes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that happens to me a lot. Yeah, me too. I got a bunch of games on there. I'm just like looking at them. I go, when the hell did I buy that? I probably have like a few like DS and PlayStation games still wrapped up that I haven't played yet either. <laughs> yeah, man, I yeah. still have Train Simulator. I need to try out. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm with you. I still think uh, we were talking on the Game Wisdom podcast about how uh, Ken should go with a uh, Train Simulator multiplayer uh, mod for the next game jam he goes to. Yeah, I mean that's in a few days. We should. Def- I'm gonna pitch it to them. We're gonna do a multiplayer co-op train simulator. Excellent. Hell yeah. Hell one, yeah. One, one player just a passenger. He just sits. So I want one player to be the train. One player to be the tracks. I think that's a great idea. Oh yeah. You have to hold the space bar if you're the tracks. If you let go, they all like fly off the place <laughs> or if the face of the earth. 
even for a second. You must keep it held down the entire time for like a two-hour play session. <laughs> I can right. I can see it too. Like as you're pressing it, there's like a combo meter going up. You're like combo, combo, combo <laughs> times five times ten. I'm like, awesome. They're just giving them like visual world by pressing space bar. <laughs> it's totally awesome. You have like and times forty-five million. Like, when they get to a million, it's like, God, like, like oh, <laughs> I'm the best railroad ever. And then one. there's, of course, a lot of the Halloween DLC. Yeah. We have ghosts on the train, you can be a ghost flow around the little rooms in there. I'm just saying, you just, this is what we should do, just mod all the simulation games, like Street Cleaner, pick a co-op, one person's Street Cleaner, one person's The Street. Yeah, it, just, it makes sense. And the person in the street has to get filthy first. It's <laughs> not like there's so many ways to do that. Miss <laughs> Street, if you're nasty. You should, like, hustle people um, that are walking by. It's like, hey, man, you want to drop that, don't you? Yeah. And you, have to, like, pers- you have to use persuasion points to get them yeah, to do it. You could make a game where you're in the street and you do try to make people drop stuff that they're carrying. That would be a pretty oh. awesome game. I don't How's know how it, that I, would work. That's like an artsy game, actually. It's all metaphors. For for a hard life, it magically makes speed bumps like appear in the ground, so a car bumps in just like crashes into something, or they'll well, trip over and drop their coffee on the ground. Well, knowing the physics of that game, if he were to hit a speed bump, he'd fly into space. <laughs> so if so, you ever yeah. play that game, that's what happens. Well, I mean, you know. And for anyone that has not seen, do you check out the Train Simulator um, dubstep? Oh yeah, that is that's yeah. pretty great. Off the rails. And I know like, everyone, oh, like on quarter three, keeps on about um, the Euro Truck Simulator, the latest one. Yeah, we've had a, a guest on that talked about the Euro Truck Simulator. Um, it sounded. I, I have this theory that the more people uh, have desk jobs and the more people stare at computers all day, that they that they feel this weird need to go out and do something else mundane, maybe. Uh, it, like some sort of weird fantasy life where you're like you're the worst fantasy life. life ever, I guess, in a way. Uh, I, think <laughs> I think it's a reactionary thing because every game is like really action oriented, like big set pieces. It's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. It's just, well, oh, well, now I'm sitting in this, oh, I'm looking the street up. Oh, okay. I, uh, you know, I, my dad is a, he's a big, he's a pilot and he's a big fan of, Flying, obviously, and uh, he was always into the Microsoft flight simulator things, and I could care less, but I understood that. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that. I even understand the train simulator. It's mm-hmm. the, I don't understand the truck thing, really, because that's that's a relatively easily obtainable goal. Yeah. You know, you don't really have to do a lot for it. You need to get a license, like a special license, and purchase that's, a truck. That's, that's, that's effort. There you but, go. And then street cleaner. I mean, who just? Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> no, I thought it was hey, farm simulator. There's another one too, right? Isn't oh there yeah. Tractor simulator. Yeah, you just drive a tractor around. No, and I can see some of these things. And it's like uh, Josh mentioned last night. There's like two thousand dollars worth of DLC for one of these train simulators. Uh, it's uh, that's just intensely crazy to me. Yeah. And it goes like on sale instead of like two thousand, it's only like five hundred dollars. Right. Don't you, I, don't you want to be that guy to say like, I own all two thousand dollars DLC for Train Simulator? What do you think of me now? I, I don't want to know what people would think of me <laughs> at that point. To be honest, and it's only two thousand thirteen. Well, I mean, it's next year. 
like, are they going to do another 2,000 more DLCs? <laughs> What's in the DLC? Is, like, every DLC, like, a rail type? Or, it's a like, line, skins for I the think. train? It's a oh, lot. Okay. There, are, there are train skins as well, like, for different, like, companies and different cars and specific things. But uh, a lot of them, they sell, uh, oddly enough, I did look into this, they sell lines. Uh, so, like, it's the old whatever so-and-so line run from whatever to whatever. And I wish they had those voiceovers, too, just that. like that. But like, just me? You know, like, it's yeah. the old so-and-so line, and you're just, uh, I'm going to go get a sandwich, drive your train, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen. I mean, that sounds like a great mod. Train simulator narration abuse. Just like yelling at you. What? You ever play? There's, there's that. Isn't there like a jet ski game where if they put a code in, it just like the announcer becomes like extremely apathetic and hates you. And, like you, like I, I, it's it's a really funny video and uh, it's a real code. So you're going through and it's like great jobs, like. Oh, woo, you're special. Great. Oh, use the turbo. Oh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> this, is, this is like, a, it's just like one of those. This should be a mod for the train simulation game. <laughs> yes. I think, uh, uh, I still say, like, maybe, I think it's, it's like a... You know, like, <laughs> they need to have so much Steamworks content. I, I, just really, I really think it's like the new, it's like a really new, it's a new niche market, I would say. These, like, mundane simulation games. So I'm saying we, we should we should create a game where you play a janitor on a space station, like so you're like a fantastical environment, but you're doing the most mundane task within it. I think people would love that space janitor. And we'll convince the hardcore players to play because we'll hint and oh maybe something exciting will happen. It'll be an alien, no, no. Attack, but nothing. It'll, will it'll, it'll be it'll be real time eight hour shifts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was X three. I think that's what they. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just glad I picked Defense Grid this time because last time I came on, I talked about Cook Serve Delicious, so that I had to regain my hardcore gamer cred this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, old Cook Serve Delicious Vicer over there. <laughs> God. Yeah. yeah, no, Defense Grid's a good game. Defense Grid's a, a really good game. Um, so, yeah, I, that's cool. I'm glad there's some DLC coming out for it. Um, well, uh, Ken, what have you got for us? Uh, I guess I'll talk about a MOBA game, actually. Um, Super Monday Night Combat. Really? So you into Super Monday Night Combat? I kind of am into it. Super Monday Night Combat. So, um, I'm just, just talking about everything, talking about the store and fairness and everything. Super Monday Night Combat is not very fair with their store at all. <laughs> like, their uh, characters can range from, like, $10 to, like, just, or... More than that. That's like, that's, that's, that's like the base price. So I'm like, oh, God. And uh, I remember at an earlier podcast, I was talking about how the prices were so fair. Uh, but that was during the Steam sales. <laughs> so I was oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> and then when the Steam sales were off, I started playing with people. Because it's only fun if you play in a group. Because sure. you play by yourself, it's just, it's just sad. But so if you're playing in a group, it's actually pretty enjoyable. And, um, you know they do they do the cycles similar to League of Legends with different characters, and they definitely have a unique um, design to it and art style to it. I really like it. Uh, I remember originally it was like the hat buying game because everyone bought the original Monday Night Combat for the hats that came in TF2. You guys right. remember that? Yeah, I think I actually have those as well. 
And everyone just pandered pandered the game because they thought it was just TF2, but it, it's way different. And um, and I think it was also there's too many systems in play that people didn't really mesh well with it, and because of that, I really feel like it hurts community. And Super Monday Combat itself only has a community of like 300 people. <laughs> Well, right, or, yeah. yeah, so it's it's a really low community. I think Skyline has a more bigger community than that, and it's a puzzle game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think that's that's one of the big problems that you run into with games like Monday Night Combat and uh, a bunch of the other games that you're going to find on Steam that they have like a free weekend for like once a year or something. Is that they're cool, uh, and I like the concept for a lot of them. But once that free weekend is over, there is not a community anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, we'll throw that money away. By the way, it is free though, so that's that's one great thing. Sure. But by the time I'll get enough like in-game gold to actually buy a character, it'll probably be like I don't know five years from now. <laughs> they said they said like extremely high, like you get like thirty, a hundred dollar, a hundred gold for each match. It's like nine thousand for like the lowest character. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna unlock these characters. Planet Side Two is kind of like that in a lot of ways too. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of like you get a certificate or, or a training point or whatever like every few minutes, but everything costs like a thousand or whatever. So well, yeah. And they give you like the worst gear to begin with. Pretty so, rough. Like, yeah. around, like shooting guys, like it takes like ten minutes to kill one guy. And he just turns around two two once and kills you instantly. That well, pretty yeah, much is what happens to me. It's pretty Looney Tunes when I play. You need that sniper rifle. You need that one sniper rifle. You need to buy it. You can't use this to be anyone. It like never works. No, it's awful. It's absolutely it's in- awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why you, you don't shoot actually, dudes like 15 times with it. That's like the worst sniper rifle ever. You might as well just shoot them with a machine gun. It's it's actually uh, pretty enjoyable when you actually get the new sniper rifle and you actually take over bases and stuff. It's a very like the ad hoc nature of it, and it's seeming so. Like organized, it's really fun. But uh, again, it's not fun as an infiltrator if you don't have an upgraded sniper rifle. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, it's absolutely. the most brutal uh, thing. You don't want that. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us about how Super Monday Night Combat plays? Um, other than the fact that it's a boring game and it sucks. <laughs> well, no, it is a boring game and it sucks. But if you try, <laughs> if you play long enough, the annoyance will grow on you. Anyways, but uh, it's uh, it's kind of like Twitch gameplay, third-person shooter. So I really like that aspect of it. While you know, Dota and LOL, uh, LOL is uh, like LOL, whatever you pronounce it. Uh, it's very much uh, fantasy-based. So I really like this, and it's um, the environment too. It's kind of like think Smash TV with like an announcer and like uh, running. It's like that kind of concept, and you know, you're pitching like you know Mortal Kombat with each other and. The, this like bright sports arena. I really love that aspect of it, and the announcers themselves are really funny. That even even though it repeats, it's still is funny to hear every match. And um, it just is a shame that it just has such a small community, and um, the people that are there sometimes are too amazingly good at it, and, and then you just sure. want to quit. Because <laughs> uh, as soon as yeah. as soon as you load the game and you see people with like glowing eyes and you know a duck floaty around their stomach and you know like wild hair and, and so it's like a lot of crazy add-ons you see that you know you're doomed <laughs> especially oh, when they honestly if you l- see that outside of the game ken i think you're doomed as well yeah. well doesn't mean they're you gonna see a dude with like ducks floating around him and glowing eyes run 
Well, yeah. you know, maybe you like just have a conversation in real life. You're like, hey man, eyes are. I'm like, yeah, your eyes are glowing. You should probably yeah. go like that. <laughs> like, oh, probably thanks. from the ducks. Yeah, it's right from the ducks. <laughs> you probably thank me. You probably award me in uh, Super Money Combat Money, <laughs> so I could <laughs> buy a character for the love of God. Well, yes, I mean, you know, you gotta want that. But like, that's one thing I don't get about it. I guess I, I haven't played it a ton since. Uh, since it was released, but I've I've played it some, and it just uh, I don't know uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't scratch the like League of Legends itch for me. Uh, have you played Awesome Knots? No, but I really want to try Awesome Knots. I see Josh playing it here and there, and uh, yeah, it's really good. Time. But yeah, it's, uh, it's I feel like the bound like the the uh, border entry is not nearly as rough as say Super Mario Combat because in that game. It's like a lot of nuances. It's not just about like capturing a point. What you have to do is, like, probably, probably, probably repeating what everyone already knows, but like, so you have your bots and they try to attack this, you know, the the player's base where they have something called a money ball, but they have to destroy all the turrets to actually get to the money ball. And when it drops, um, you know, but the doors have to actually drop it themselves, and then you actually attack them and destroy it. But there's more that more to it than just that. There's also um, something called the annihilator. It's in the center of the map, and you have to get that. And if you get it, all the bots on the other team are destroyed. And it does half damage or more towards every other player. So if everyone's in pitch combat and someone gets the Annihilator, anyone that's low on health is dead. So that's another thing. So everyone just is crazy all about that. And you know, if you don't get oh, it, yeah. you're, you're, you're behind. There's also a, a, tech, a section where you have to like, fight a giant chicken. And uh, you, have yeah. to, like, you have to kill it twice up on its back. And if you if you uh, wrangle it right, you uh, get a bonus for your entire team. So uh, you wrangle the chicken. That's uh, yeah, yeah. And there, that's not even there's an, there's another one too. So like there's that, there's the uh, the, the chicken thing. Um, and the same thing. There's just a lot of weird like systems that aren't aren't very clear to you when you're first playing. They're screaming all these things. You have no idea what's going on, and everyone's yelling at you. At least in typing, but well, well, right, and that's like that's the beauty of League of Legends and Awesome Knots and stuff like that is the old uh, play against the bots mode because a lot of those games have gotten pretty good with the AI, uh, or at least better. I mean, uh, they have a they have a training mode, but it doesn't really prepare you for those events, you know, well, those sure. events that everyone knows beforehand what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, that there's a bunch of like machines and stuff around where you can like. There's also a thing called, oh, oh yeah. Another big component of the game that's different from other games is a grabbing mechanic. So you shoot each other, but you also have a secondary weapon you need to switch to. First of all, you can't grab with your main weapon, only your secondary weapon. So you switch to your secondary weapon, and then you can grab people. And then do like, I don't know, fourth or maybe more damage to them. But you actually have to physically close them to grab them. And sometimes you also kick them too, so you can come up a distance. So people use it to kick people off platforms. Or just like to someone grabs you, pulls it, pulls you to their team, and then everyone grabs you to your dead. This is like that. So grabbing is a mechanic that's not very seen in many other games, and is used prevalently in that game. And I, I try to stay far away from it as I can. If someone just blinds me, I just run away as fast as I can because I know I'm gonna get grabbed. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a, that's a really annoying mechanic for someone that's not used to it. Because when I was playing it, it was so frustrating. And uh, so there's that. <laughs> There's the Annihilator, the Giant Chicken, there's um, oh yeah, there's a mode called Juice where if you get enough juice, you get you become juice. It's like it's to play on athletics or whatever about illegal oh, juicing. Yeah. But so anyway, so you get you get you know more um, 
resilient to damage and stuff like that, and you get faster, and people can still grab you and kill you. And yeah. So, anyways, oh. this is a lot of interesting stuff in the game. It's it's a very complex game. It is rewarding when you get kills. It just has an extremely high priced store and uh, small community. So, um, let me ask you this: like, uh, it goes, uh, it, it works like the the League of Legends and Dota and stuff, where the, you send out robots that are attacking each other's bases, right? And, yes. Or the turrets, etc. And you can follow them in, uh, just like creep or whatever that you follow through. Uh, okay, so that works that way. Well, what do the different characters do? Like, what kind of powers do they have that oh, you can purchase them? There's a lot of different ones. They actually have changed it, because originally there was just like a set, like TF2 style, but then they yeah. broke each class into three different characters. So it's weird because, like, so example, there's a sniper, traditional sniper. There's a sniper that just has a bow and arrow. Um, and then there's like another robotic sniper, but I actually never played him, so I have no idea what he does because he's not locked, unlocked for me yet. Um, and then there's like a couple versions of the gunner, which is like the TF2 heavy. Yeah. And like one has a gun, one has a laser that works like the the gun. And then there's one that's specifically meant just for grabbing. He's just a fat like. Mexican wrestler, and he just he just shoots an arm out and grabs you and then rapes you, <laughs> and that's, that's that's that character. Well, that's bad. I mean, that's well, usually. Well, he's, he's, <laughs> actually, he's yeah. I mean, being raped by wrestlers pretty bad. But anyways, but yeah. So, but he can do some nasty stuff. Like he 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 if he grabs you in, into a turret, you're dead. If he grabs you into their team, you're dead. If he grabs you from another platform and he drops you halfway, you're also dead. So like oh. he's a he's a nasty he's a great support and ender kind of character but they also have like kind of like um engineers too right like there's one girl called build turrets of, and like uh like rebuild steel. turrets and yeah. Yeah. And, yeah well there's actually a mix between that and the medic so it can lay down turrets but can also heal your teammates and heal robots huh. stuff like that and it does have a secondary weapon of a of an attack but yeah so that's that's one i've been playing recently there's also a giant gorilla uh there you go, <laughs> but that it has a it has a Tommy gun, it has a club. Well, of course. It, I mean, we're talking a giant gorilla here. It, it, it's a buffer though. He he's, he does a good amount of damage and he buffs and throws barrels. So, so how many classes are there? Like three with three breakdowns, or is it how many? There's probably like sixteen or something like okay. that, or maybe okay. less than that, maybe twelve. It's a it's still a good portion, right? right. And um, you know, and there's things you can do to add on. To like they're called endorsements that you can add on to your character, um, right. and juices that you can add to your character to so products and endorsements. So they really play up this like sponsorship future deathmatch motif. Right, right. And again, those are also expensive, but you can also win those through just winning matches and stuff. So, and you also have like a level, but I don't know what that does yet. Right. So uh, again, it's a it's a complex game. It's rewarding when you play in a group. But if you're new and you have no one to show you the ropes, it is a brutal experience of just getting grabbed, raped, uh, annihilated, chickened. So no, you don't want any of these things. Right? You don't want any of these things in real life too. Anyway, so like, uh, yeah. So it's, again, it's one of those masochistic games of mine that I play, <laughs> and that I've recently played because I have a friend who really I, I respect his taste in games, so I've been trying. Uh, the game out for his behalf, and I'm starting to enjoy it actually. Oh, that's cool. So, 
there's your mind not combat. And there's yes. also there's also a way there's also good just to check out to show how not to price your products. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Wait. Is any is there any League of Legend characters that are ten dollars? I don't know how much it breaks down to, uh, but most of the League of Legends characters you can get within less than a hundred or 50 matches, so, I mean, it's like, uh, it depends on the time you're playing and whatever. Or just 50, I, di- I didn't mean to say, uh, uh, so about 50 matches on average, I would say you can get some of them, or a good chunk of them for something like that, and much less for some of the others, but it just kind of depends. Um, yeah, I tried getting the Super Mario Night Club with a few of the Quarter 3 guys when it first came out, and I think we, we just really couldn't get into like, the fact that it was Twitch-based, but then it had like, this whole level Yeah, so, the metagame. So yeah. yeah. Like, even if you were a good shot, if you didn't put enough points into, you know, your combat level or whatever, they could still exactly. just, you know, you yeah. would still be useless with at yeah, least... I I completely agree because when I first played in that game, it's the same thing. I'm shooting people in the head; it does nothing. I shoot like ten rockets at somebody; it does nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. And like, like, like in TF, I'm a, I'm a huge TF2 player. Like that's my main game of fame. And uh, you know, one one and a half rockets will kill anything. Sure. Um, and um, in this game, I can shoot you in the face like point blank, like ten times; you won't be dead. <laughs> so it really irritates me. Um, uh, again, so it's it's partially skill, but also strategy in terms of what points you put your stuff into. Well, that's the beauty of the quarter three games podcast. You don't have to particularly really like a game to pick it as your game of the week. <laughs> Yay! In fact, we flat out hate some of them. So there is that. Uh, home front another day. <laughs> yes, home front another day. Uh, Racy. And then, uh, yeah, my uh, my game of the week this week is. Uh, I wanted to say Need for Speed Most Wanted. I don't feel I've played enough of it yet. Uh, but I have been playing a lot of Borderlands 2. And I've played with Josh uh, and Ken recently. And we've been going through some of the DLC. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, Captain Scarlet's uh, was a good time. Pretty well acted. And we're in the middle of the, the campaign of Carnage now, Mr. Torx. It's, uh, it's been pretty good so far. Um They've, uh, but they've recently, uh, I guess uh, this brought, was brought to mind, but they recently re- uh, announced a level increase, which should happen in March, and they have also annou- or, uh, released a DLC recently. Uh, well, I've said recently a lot of times, so recently. Enjoy. Uh, they have they've released mm, an add-on called the Big Game Hunt, and it, I believe it's supposed to take place after... Uh, the end of the game. So I, I have not touched that one yet, but a lot of stuff happening for Borderlands 2 and uh, very high quality, so I'm excited to see what they do with that coming yeah. uh, moving forward. It's definitely been fun replaying it. I've been playing the Mechomancer for the first time, yeah. which is just such an overpowered class. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of uh, one of those things where I know that the, the big controversy about it was calling it like the girlfriend mode thing, and it's it, that's really offensive. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? uh, and that's the company that I think has struggled uh, with some uh, issues like that in the past. And hopefully, uh, 
can't get past <laughs> things like that because they are such a talented group. But, uh, you know, it, it is offensive to just assume that, you know, women can't play games. I know quite a few that are really good at them, so... And they would probably punch me in the face if I told them they weren't. So, there's that. But, uh, yeah, it, it is so overpowered, that character. Uh, you know, it's... <sighs> that's why I love her, though. Actually, I really love any game where I can summon creatures. And that's right. why I started playing Borderlands 2 again. So, so I could summon that robot. And uh, it was ama- it's, it's so overpowered, it's amazing. Because... Not only can it shoot lasers from its head, or what's its arm or its head? Something. Yeah. It shoots it from its something. Anyways, so it can take out, like, uh, flying creatures, but it also, like, is completely damaging to anything in the field and floats, so it doesn't get stuck on anything. And uh, when when everyone is dead, it'll come back to you, so then you know what the course is clear. <laughs> so not only does it kill everything around you, never gets stuck, but also tells you when everything is clear. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, when Josh and I were playing through uh, the Captain Scarlet stuff, it was like I would be looting something and I'd come outside and everything would be dead. You know, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of like, yep, just send out the robot. Uh, uh, there's this uh, comedy show called uh, called Mitchell and Webb, and it's on. I don't believe I don't believe it's on the BBC, but it's on uh, one of their competing sites. Anyway, it can be found on Netflix. They have a skit that this reminds me of very much, and uh, it's called uh, Angel Summoner and BMX Bandit, and they're super team. And obviously, the Angel Summoner can summon angels, and the BMX Bandit can do awesome BMX tricks. So, which one of those is going to be more useful in a terrorist situation? Uh, and that's kind of what I feel like sometimes when, I play, when I'm playing uh, along with the Macromancer, because it's like I come running, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do all this cool stuff. And it's like, ah, the robot's got it. Uh, we'll just go grab some burgers or something. I didn't see you performing any cool vehicle tricks so while, I was, while my guy was killing, though. Just, like, see you, like, drive, like, one of like, the bandit cars like, up a ramp, like, flip it in the air while my robot's doing his thing. Oh, that is pretty sweet. That <laughs> <laughs> should give you style points for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Shade. I guess that's what badass ranks are for. Exactly. Um, but no, it's a, such a good game. I can't wait for them to raise the level cap. I want to see what they do with it. I wonder if they'll add more skill levels, or if, probably not. I hope they don't, because then it'll oh, allow yeah. you to play with a lot more of uh, a combination. Unless, of course, that would make it too powerful. Kind of a weird yeah. balance issue there. Yeah, as soon as they start adding skills, they kind of rebalance everything. Right. Every single time, yes. Yeah, I so, think uh, as it stands right now, if you just go straight down one tree, um, you can basically, I think, match one tree, and then you get about halfway through a second tree right. at the current level cap. What is it, 50? So I think it would be like 45 points or something, and I think I was maxed out on my siren at like level 30, 31, mm-hmm. 32, something like that. So yeah, you probably can get to near the end of another tree, but not... Yeah, maybe maybe not the last skill, the skill before it. So it's yeah, it, it kind of depends on how you would spend your points. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's kind of a weird balancing act. And uh, you know, I'm playing Zero this time, and I enjoy Zero, but he's kind of a slow building character. Uh, yeah. He's not super powerful out of the box. Well, you you keep going 
into combat zones like at melee range. You need you need to stay off like a distance from like two mountains away. Well, I'm crazy. <laughs> well, there is two. There's actually two ways of playing zero. There's the you know sniping, and there's also just you know stealth kills. So well, not stealth kills, right. but like getting up close and chaining it together. I've been using like a pistol a lot. Is why I've been getting closer. Uh, I have you're, a big you're, pistol. You're a strange zero. <laughs> <laughs> they have some pistol stuff. I thought for zero, and some of the artifacts are. I know. I'm uh, just messing with you. I think my zero that I went for, I did a melee build with him, and like for like the first thirty levels, he's like it's like so hard to play with it. And then once you unlock the ability to chain stealth kills, that's when it just gets like fun. You just like run around, stealth kill a guy, speed over to the next guy, stealth kill him, and just repeat until like the whole group is dead. Yeah. I still think you know, uh, not counting the Macromancer, I still think either Siren or Commando is probably the easiest to play through characters. Uh, I think my only like two beasts with Borderlands 2, one is that it's really hard to find good loot in the game. Like the loot doesn't seem to scale as well. Like I think part is because there's so much variety because you not only have the different weapon types and you have the different weapon manufacturers. Yeah. So once you find that one gun that you like, it's really hard to find an upgrade for it. Sure. And the other thing is I found like when you get to the second, the new game plus is that you just get, like, hit over the head seeing a lot of, like, difficulty spikes. Oh, you get hammered, man. Uh, it's pretty rough. That's why, like, I took my Siren uh, that we played through the game with when you were playing. You were playing your Gunzerker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my Siren to play around with the big game hunt and the whatever, the fork thing, and was trying to gain some levels so I can go back into New Game Plus. And, uh... Not get punched so hard in the face. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rough. Well, no, there's only one beef I have with Borderlands 2, and it's probably because I was spoiled from Guild Wars. Is having to return for quests, uh, that like sucks. finding your creation, running all the way back, turning it in. I just want I just want the rewards right away. Bam. Well, I mean, Guild Wars 2 has ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. So <laughs> there's that. I mean, they they pretty much were like, hey, what would be the most non uh, grindy thing you can have to do. Oh, we'll let you turn in your quests anywhere. You know, it's, oh, I don't want easy quest giver. Just you know, just be in the area. Mission accomplished. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Um, well, yeah, no, and that's my game of the week. And uh, I guess uh, the only other thing I like to talk about maybe is uh, is Path of Exile because I'm kind of curious about it. I know that oh, Open Beta yeah. started today. Uh, you guys have played it some, so why don't you? Tell us a bit about it. Okay. All right. Uh, Path of Exile is a free-to-play action RPG. It's similar in a sense to like the older Diablo, like Diablo One. It's like a very dark game, and what makes it uh, very interesting is that the skill tree in the game. You have this gigantic skill tree system that each time you level up, you get a point that you can put into it, and basically. Each of the different character classes start out at different positions on the skill tree. They each, basically everyone has the same skill tree. And the skills are organized that you can basically follow different paths to either unlock new abilities or increase your passive uh, skills. Right. And 
they use a very interesting system that instead of having in-game currency, the last time I played it, you basically trade in weapons and you get like different pieces of scrolls or papers and stuff like that. And that's eventually you know, like a bartering system. Like a wooden club may be worth two scrolls of identification, while a rare sword may be worth a gem that you can add, you can basically slide into a weapon to make it stronger, that kind of deal. And it was very interesting. It's a little bit hard to get into. It doesn't have like that same like instant gratification in Diablo, because of the fact that you have to you know go up and down like the skill tree to get to like the cool stuff. Sure. And the other thing that makes it really interesting that the actual like skills that you use in combat all come from gems that you find either through quests or drops that you have to slot into your gear to actually use it. So it's not as Yeah. And then there's like... Sorry, when you say gem, I just thought about that. Like, that's truly outrageous. (laughs) Truly, truly, truly outrageous. They missed something that they should have had in the game then. Yeah. Oh, no, they shouldn't have. No, that's probably the best. (laughs) (laughs) You changed the game from, you know, gothic motif to uh, multicolored 80s. So, let me ask you, did you guys play, and I always forget this game's name, and I don't know why, because I really like it, uh, but it's the game I forgot. Uh, no, did you guys play the, it was like a Greek mythology kind of Diablo game. Titan's Quest? Titan's Quest, yeah. yeah. Mortal Throne and everything, and of course, I mean, I know they're doing that uh, Kickstarter game now, which I supported before the Kickstarter, so let's hope mm-hmm. you still see that, but... Um, the, uh, you guys played through that? I mean, because it sounds like a, a lot more like that than Diablo. Yeah, it's similar. Uh, I think the big difference is that you don't have, like, set skills. Like, you can have a character use any of the skill gems that you find. The only limitations are, like, what your attributes are. Like, when you upgrade, like, a zombie skill that you raise more undead, it's tied to intelligence. So, like, a mage or spellcaster will already have higher intelligence. While right. warrior would have to go down that specific path on the tree to get more of an but, intelligence stat. But it's possible. So you can do whatever you want, basically, with these guys. Yeah, like if you want to be a warrior oh. who summons zombies and shoots icicles at people, you can do that. No, it sounds actually, kind of awesome. The reason I love Path of Exile is, again, remember, I love summoning characters. And in that you. game, it, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, so. <laughs> The, the sub, this you actually can summon, and I, I did during the beta, um, five zombies, five skeletons, five like res, um, you know, enemies. So you can have a, a small army running around with you at all times, and I love that. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, that's I love that. Oh my god! Too. So you can do that in this game too. I ain't care what they missed that. I saw my whole army of skeletons. Yeah, exactly. I just want my team to go around and wreck everything out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then every time yeah. someone dies, I just res their, their corpse. Mission accomplished. So it's awesome. That is really sweet. So there are going to... So for the beta, if, I think they've had two, I think maybe three uh, like acts or chapters in the game. So I think they're probably going to expand on that when the game is eventually released. And they will have microtransactions. Um, right now, or I think before the beta officially op- 
thing. You could basically donate money and unlock like the special items. Like they had like a little kiwi like pet that could follow you around, but you had to spend twenty five dollars to get it for your character. Yeah, it's well, the thing is, it's not it's not like Michael Trans and like oh, it's a cool little pet. It's actually just it's kind of like a Kickstarter reward, really. Right. It's like, hey, donate to our game, and you'll get this special thing that no one else will possibly get in the future. Right. And if you spend a thousand dollars, the diamond, the diamond set, you actually get to customize uh, a weapon yourself with the design team, and <laughs> some, some stuff like that, and you get this, this holy kiwi <laughs> where the light shines down from it into from the sky <laughs> onto this kiwi. So That's it's really cool. Ridiculous. Four thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's thousand dollars worth it, but. Uh, no, but it's still pretty cool. It's still yeah. pretty awesome, right? And uh, listen, you can think of it more of a charity than just an item for yourself. Because, again, it's like a Kickstarter reward. You get all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. The, actually, I think everyone has a dream. It's like, man, I should just throw $5,000, $10,000 this Kickstarter so I can visit them and hang out. I would, listen, if if they someone would put on a Kickstarter, like, hang out with us for a week. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Here's, here's $5,000. I'll do it. So, do you think that once you purchase the game, you think the open beta will keep going until retail? Are they just going to flip it? Or do you think they'll uh, take everything down and restart the server? Or have they talked about it? It sounds like... I think they're just going to, when it's officially done, they're just going to like, flip a switch and make it open. Because I think they said that they're not going to do any more character wipes now that the game is in uh-huh. open beta. Because oh. during the uh, block beta, I know I lost several characters. I think they had I think when I was playing, I think I had at least two or three character picks during the time that I played the closed beta. Right. And that's why I decided to just like just give up. I'm like they're gonna keep wiping my character. What am I doing? So I just stop. Sure. So now I'm playing open beta, or I'm going to play open beta soon, and uh, I'm going to get more, more zombies, skeletons, and raiders. You also have like one of my favorite use of horror mode. Like typically in a hardcore game, when you die, you know your character gets deleted; it's all gone. Yeah. In this one, if you die in hardcore, they basically just boot you into normal game, but you no oh. longer have like the hardcore tag and the props for it. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. You know, I mean, if you wanted to keep the character, at least you don't have to. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So wait, you're saying are the hardcore ones delete your character if you die? Yeah, almost every other hardcore mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. That's what Diablo 3, Diablo 2 does. I see. If you die in game, you die in real life. Yeah, if you... Well, right. Yeah, you don't... There's no resurrecting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. You should... If you ever want a good laugh uh, and yet to feel sad for someone, look up reactions for Diablo 3 hardcore character deaths when they're, like, level 70 and 80, or not level 70, but, like, level, you know, high up there. Actually, level 70 80. I don't remember how many levels there are. It sounds um, like a hilarious compilation. I will watch this immediately when the cast is over. It is a good time. Um, <laughs> but no, that's uh, that. you guys have sold me. I'm going to go ahead and download it. In fact, I think I'll play that after the podcast. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I will, I will do the same. That, oh, yeah, and The Cave came out recently, too. Oh, no, well, sort of. It comes, well, by the time this goes up, it'll have been out. But it's like I think it's like three hours from when we're recording. It's supposed to unlock, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm a big Ron Gilbert fan, one of my favorite games, like Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, yeah, it's unlocked right now, actually, because I see people playing it. Really? And, yep, yep. And um, again, yeah. So I, I'm actually really sold on the style and the concept, and I'm really been watching a lot of videos on it. 
So, and I, I already bought it because the TF2 hat, so now I have to play. Well, it. yeah, I did, I did too. Uh, but other but than that, are... no, I mean, for because it was Ron Gilbert, the hats don't hurt. Um, <laughs> give me extra hats, I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, take no, them no, hats. really, I've never, I've never heard that from a TF2 player, not on Steam, oh, okay. where I get like <laughs> random friend invites, and then they're like, "Hey, want to trade hats?" I'm like, "No, not really." <laughs> Hopefully, they just like that. I'd be hilarious if he was. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, what's up, man? Uh, hey. Yeah, that. Uh, I'll be your boat for some hats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like to, you know, thank our guests tonight, Josh Bleiser uh, and Ken Ohm from uh, Game-Wisdom.com, and Ken also from uh, Smug Bee Games. Uh, I was on their podcast recently, so check that out. It'll be up, I guess, in the next couple of days. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and uh, please remember to like us on iTunes, and if you want to shop for Amazon stuff, do it via quarter to three, and then Tom gets to look into your personal life and <laughs> laugh hysterically. But we also get like a you know a couple of bucks here and there. So uh, if you want to buy something non uh, embarrassing, do it through quarter to three. And uh, yeah, and check out Game Wisdom. Yep, and we are, of course, always on the lookout for people to write guest pieces or appear on our podcasts. So if you want to hang out with us, you can stop over there and send us an email. But if you don't, if you want to hang out with me, tough. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, we're, nice, we're, we're, much, we're much nicer over on our side. Right, yes, uh, the fame has gone to our heads here at the Quarter to Three podcast. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway yes thanks for joining us this week and we will see everyone soon Good night.